This is music in the key of Geneva. I'm Kelly Walker. Music in the Key of Geneva is an ongoing project of the Geneva Historical Society. Museum curator John Marks has been researching all kinds of music and musicians around Geneva and presenting what he's found around town and online. One of the first local bands I saw when I moved to Geneva just celebrated their 10th anniversary with a gala concert at the Cracker Factory. Shrimps, everybody. It's their 10th anniversary. Thanks, Pablo. From high above the city of Geneva in the upstairs basement, here are B. Leo and Joe Calabrese, Shrimps. I didn't know Joe, you know, until the year 2000, um, but he told me all the stories. So let's talk about your car, your system, and what you listen to. Right, I had a ridiculous uh, car audio setup. I had an 86 Dodge Charger. Um, I got the car for $1,500 and then um, ended up buying a car stereo for $2,500. And... uh, (laughs) Tore the back seat out, had four kicker competition 12s in there, had two amps, Boston acoustic fronts. It was ridiculous. And I, I used to listen to everything, but metal, you know, and Justice for All was in there quite a bit because Lars's kick drum sounded so good through the, the subs. But it's listen- pretty much the only thing that sounds good in uh, yes. Justice for All. Yeah, that's it. That's the only thing. Well, the, the black and intro. But. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I wore out my CD player, for sure. Just rewinding things and trying to learn songs and drum parts and things. But it was the loudest stereo in 93. Knocking knickknacks off these people's <laughs> mantelpieces. Oh, it was nuts. It was, it was loud. It was loud. Got into a few... Uh, few issues there with the police but and then i downsized started listening to sting soul cages and uh i took the subs out just went with the boston acoustics it's a great album soul cages oh yeah so yeah things changed in 90 late 93 Yeah. yeah for me around that time you know i was listening to yeah all that the alternative stuff. Alternative. Um, I don't know, what was I, a freshman in high school? You were yeah. already graduated from college by then. Yeah. Um, not really. No, not that much. much. Um, but, you know, I mean, rap was... I, I was big into rap um, at that point, and, like, I had sort of given up. Like, I had kind of learned guitar, Um my guitar teacher was, you know, trying to teach me anything I wanted to listen to, um, I wanted to learn, but I was really listening to rap, so it was like, what is she going to teach me? Plus, she came from, like, a gospel, Mm. like, not gospel, like, folk gospel background, like, kumbaya kind of stuff, and I pretty much gave up guitar after that, and you could probably imagine why, um, (laughs) and it really wasn't until... Probably like 94 where I picked up guitar again and started playing music, but like up in that point, I was just really listening to like 
it was just all like Snoop, Dre, West Coast mm-hmm. rap, mm-hmm. East Coast too, like Apocalypse 91, like Public Enemy, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. That was really what I was deep into at that point. You used to go into the band. You weren't in band, right? I was in co- uh, concert band. I was. I played snare drum in concert band, but I would improvise. And I remember that uh, homecoming uh, parade. I was doing a march and improvised an entire song on snare drum. I was on uh, going down William Street one <laughs> way. And we get to the end, and the and the band teacher's like uh, stops everybody's like I I know you're improvising, it's cool, it's cool, but just try to you know if you can just read Tone the music, down. right? I like what you're doing, but because I I just I don't know I got bored, right? <laughs> I got bored with the with the march music, but uh, yeah, I was I learned a lot. I learned how to read uh, rhythm for sure. That was a big thing. I was obsessed with that in high school. So anything that was in my head, I would just transcribe out. But yeah, product of it, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely wasn't. Um, I mean, I took some lessons here and there, um, but it was all just by year. My parents were were big into music. My dad played in. You know, like R and B and like funk bands and yeah. whatever, like my whole childhood. So yeah. you know, dad didn't get up until one PM on Sundays because, you know, he was doing bar gigs and He's stuff. Doing a holiday and, and doing a holiday. Yeah, exactly exactly. And yeah. Geneva in Country jumpsuit. Right? <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Well he's done some crazy um, gigs. So yeah, I mean that was kind of like, you know, I, I just saw, you know, I was always seeing that. I was helping him load in and load out. Well, not load out. I was helping him load in, and, yeah. you know, load out. I was definitely sleeping. Um, you know, and, but my mother was like, she was, um, she was in, in band. She was, she was a legit. She, um, yeah. like, Minders uh, High School Band, like, 1968 or whatever. Like, I mean, they were serious. They, they went and played you know, Yankee Stadium, wow. Giants games, the halftime and stuff. Like, I have a, I have a, a record, like, vinyl pressing of, you know, their performance, that performance. Like, they were that good that they would be Shit. able to spend the money and have, you know, vinyl pressed in 1968. Um, so it was always, you know, there, you know, Uncle Chuck, like, you know, my, my mother's brothers were both, you know, so it was, like, always just kind of, like, there and just consuming as well like records music was always on it was pop radio it was jazz fusion it was motown um so it was just like it's gonna happen yeah (laughs) it was gonna happen you know so it was senior year for me yeah it was right yeah it was senior year for me as well high school yeah um that was pretty much how long it took me to get strong enough in my Left hand to play a bar chord. Right. I'm like, how can I not do? Yeah, Courtney yeah. Love can do this. Can't do this. <laughs> yeah. She's on drugs. Yeah. Why can't I? Why do can't this? I play this bar chord? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was about senior. Year. I mean, maybe like there was like jamming. Like yeah. you know, I was always jamming with my dad and whatever. 
Um, but yeah, bands didn't really start until yeah, senior year. Um, yeah, I jammed with my brother. He was a bass player. And I played drums, and that was like the first, first kind of, I guess, situation for me. I was learning... I was taking lessons, so I was trying to apply some of that stuff to some jams. Mm -hmm. So I learned a bossa nova beat. I play a bossa nova beat over what they were doing, but whatever. <laughs> I'm right. keeping time, making it interesting. Um, that was the first, and then, yeah, got into a cover band. And it was crazy. And we jammed a lot. The cover band would... Would do right. all these yeah, songs, yeah. and then we'd have just jam sessions and just improvise. Right. So I've always improvised. Yeah, I'm thinking like my going. senior year, like there was like we jammed a little bit. Like we had a few guys, and I think we were, we were called Camel Toe. Nice. And uh, it never, we never played a show or anything right, right, like right. that. And then like there was like the the senior like you know talent show thing, like the sure the Gong Show. Yeah. And I was in like three musical acts for that. Wow. And it was we played uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers' Aeroplane. Yeah. Grizz actually sang. Wow. Go figure. Um, Bulls on Parade. Bulls on Parade. And. And then the, to close the whole night, we had a big en ensemble cast, and we did uh, Staying Alive. Wow. Yeah, we closed with the Bee Gees, because, yeah. you know, that's, like, the most punk thing you could possibly, sure, you sure. Could possibly do in 1996, yeah. is play the Bee Gees. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until, like, yeah, my, my freshman year of college, and it was actually, and probably actually even closer, like junior year where I was in my first actual band okay that like we actually played gigs and that was the mental health project nice and that was with Robin and yeah 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 those guys and whatever um, and that was that was originals I mean some covers but mostly mostly originals yeah that was nice yeah yeah if only I haven't been in like many bands if I really think about it like we're talking like my first real real band was like in what year 97 98 um i met joe you know two years after yeah. that really um, <laughs> yeah, in true. 2000 yeah, it was like shortly after that. i you know after i graduated college um and i was at i was at area records I can tell you exactly what I was buying. I bought um, Zappa compilation. Have I offended someone? And it was in the used bin. Yeah. And then I bought the uh, like the Return to to Forever double CD, like best like of best or whatever of, sure, that thing sure. was. Um, it was like blue and gold. Blue and gold. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go up to the counter and Chuck Brzee is there and this must have been very close to the end of when Chuck was working there yeah. and I put the discs down and he's talking to some dude and he's like oh you guys you know Brady you guys know each other and he's like what no I don't no. know him he's like oh Brady Brian Brian Brady Brady Brian Brian, Brian. and he's like Brady plays bass Brian plays keyboards and Brian's like hey we're looking for a bass player in my band and I said alright well what kind of stuff are you guys play and he's like stuff like that and he pointed to those two CDs and I was like nope that's way out of my that's way nope. out of my league man I can't get down with any of that stuff like no and he's like oh no 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 like give me your number and like you know 
So <laughs> I we went I went, I showed up and it was I was way out of my league and but Joe was the drummer and instantly we like we locked. Yeah. We, we were we like did just a like okay of, like uh, what was a jam we did that's recorded somewhere? Um that's the Survivor tune. Oh Eye of the Tiger yeah, we did with <laughs> We did Eye of the Tiger but you were doing slap oh, yeah. slap bass over it but, but that, that turned into it it wasn't verbatim. It was no. a jam that had that motif there and we yeah. went off but it we locked <laughs> in I remember, set that, the tone set the tone for, for the rest of our yeah but i remember locking in that's on that, that jam we, that that yeah. was a that was a fun jam yep yeah but yeah that was yeah 2000 that was 2000 but then yeah i i moved to boston then i moved down to the hudson valley and then i moved back here in like 2002 yeah and then we just randomly ran into each other again because, like, I didn't have your number and, like, no. there was no Facebook and, like, no. there, like email. I right, didn't right. email you or anything. No. Um, but then we started playing together again and yeah, we were uh, doing the Geneva Convention thing, which was most was pretty much all improv. Um, yeah. And then... We were also in a band, Generic Americans, like an original rock thing with our, our friend Robert Smith, not from The Cure, um, who lives actually around the corner from us, who's one of our good friends. Um, but then, I don't know, we got talking about this thing I found called chip music. Yeah, yeah, you, you started out... And because yeah, the, either LSDJ or the Atari was, yeah, cart. Yeah, the Atari cart was the first, first thing I thing, got. Yeah, yeah. I, a buddy of mine was like, "Yes, yeah, guy at work got this cartridge that you put in a Game Boy, and you can make music." And I was like, "Let's what? get online right yeah, now yeah. and buy that." And it was not necessarily that easy. Um, no, not back then. Not back then. That was probably what 2004. Yeah. Late 2004, 2005, somewhere in that range, yeah. um, and I told Joe about it because man, I, I knew what Joe was into, and I knew he'd be into stuff like that. Yeah. And instantly, but, Joe was like, "What? Hey, what's and this? Like, how do we do this?" And when the MIDI nest came out, that's when I was like, "What? You right? Can, there's a cartridge that goes into a Nintendo with a right, MIDI that cable. You can that comes where out. the MIDI cable comes out, no. and you can just control it. Yeah. So I remember I immediately wanted one. Yep. So we got that, yeah. and we messed with that, and our first, like, we had the concept for a while, and we had the, we ended up coming up with the name Shrimps sometime in 2006. Yeah. Unconfirmed exactly it's the date. A, yeah, we don't have it. Um, the earliest instance I found was, like, in a chat, and it was from October, like, 20-something, 2006, I yeah. have it. Um, where I, I referenced shrimps as so, a band. Right. Um, but our first practice where we had gear yeah. and we was right here in this room and it was like January something 2007. Yeah. So, and then it was like almost three years, two years. It was about two years before we actually played a show. <laughs> After that, yeah, it was yeah. two. It was. It wasn't until December 2010. Yeah. So yeah, it was a while. It was a lot of R and D. 
Oh yeah. Um, so that's how do you want to do this? You, both bases going. Yeah, in we started your off Nintendo, as a double base threat. And yeah, two bases. And Nintendo crashed. Yeah, like and Nintendo did not like having like all that MIDI going into that's it. Too much. So yeah, our setup has changed. I don't know how many times. Oh yeah, I've got so many revisions that I scratched things out on paper, MIDI routing, and who's playing what, and how we're gonna do it with hardware, and yeah. Um, really, our saving grace was software. Yeah. Um, there's a company in Montreal, Plogue, um, and uh, one of the one of their developers, their their lead guy, probably an owner. Um, David Vienne um, spent years reverse engineering like all these sound chips from vintage video game consoles. So from the NES, the Commodore SID, the Atari, you know, Stella, and and you know all the YM chips and all that stuff. Um, completely reverse engineering them um, down to like you know single cycle like you can't tell the difference no. on the oscilloscope um, and then re- you know released a, a you know a virtual software instrument um, that's very true to the original chips but you can cheat a little bit too right. um, and then once that came along our output yeah grew exponentially sure I mean you can- um, you can do multiple notes at once. Right. So you the, can the play limitations, chords. Yeah, the limitations of the sound chips went away. The instability of the original right. hardware right. went away. That was that made yeah. us insane. Oh yeah, like, this you is, know, the horizon has crashed yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, you got stable. The the Nintendo is not meant to be no. alive. MIDI synth. And, no. <laughs> uh, we were trying real hard. Yeah, we tried. Because the thing, you know, the one big thing in um, in the chip music world at the time, and even today, is a lot of stuff is pre-programmed, um, sequenced, and live performances of songs is more akin to DJing than... Mm-hmm. Than actual performance. Yes, maybe you know, there's guitar over it, or there's singing over it, or you know, there's switching up sequences or si- switching up stuff on it. But but the live element wasn't wh- like what we were used to banging with. Yeah. And the the improv um, isn't at the forefront, and that's something that we really, really, really wanted. To yeah. Do. Um. Then we spent two years trying to figure out how <laughs> yeah, to do how it. How are we gonna do that? Um, so yeah, when once that that came out, um, bam, we were like writing songs and like recording songs, and we're like, we could be play a gig. Yeah. And then that was um, the lost weekend. We the like lost weekend is what is where is, we. Yeah, we spent like Antia was in the in. Hey, why why was it? Was where, where Josie even? born? I don't think so. Jo- no, Josie wasn't born yet. So Auntie and Charlie just went somewhere for like three days or something to visit maybe like Debbie down in Horsehead. Yeah, or something. Um, Can't remember where how yeah, it happened. But, but it was like, what? I've got three days. Three so days. I was like, Joe, this is going to happen. We're writing, All we're going to do songs. is 
like you get out of work, I get out of work, we'll come here and we're just gonna like work on tracks yeah. until we're 18 years old again. Yeah, right. basically. <laughs> After work, um, whatever. Yeah, yeah we and need that one. Feeling of, yeah, is great. And and that's how we we finished our first EP, the Slop EP. Yeah. Um, and then once we had that, we're like, oh, we can we can play gigs and whatever. And we actually got a call, well, not a call, but an email from uh, some friends in New York who put on the monthly uh, trip music show Pulse Wave there. Um, I, believe, I think it was Jen to the Vega. Yeah, really? Yeah. And uh, booked us in December 2010, and we op- opened our set with Judas Priest, the Hellion. In- yeah. Into Shrimp Shuffle. Yeah. That's how it all happened. Yep. So yeah, we we played. Getting off. Yeah. How did we get down in the city too? Like just like oh, well, we gear. drove to Beacon. Drove to Beacon. The took gear. the train. Yeah, and then we took the train Metro North, and then we walked from Grand Central. Yeah. To it was like basically Times Square. It was like off Broadway. All the gear strapped um, on us. Yep. Got our, went to the Hell Al cart, got our dinner, got which became a great yeah, that, yeah. Shrimps tradition. Um, and yeah, played our first gig in, you know, just outside of Times Square. Times Square yeah. And it was a couple of years before we even played in Geneva. Yeah. There was um, nothing in Geneva. The like climate no one... in 2010 and, and really until like 2012, I think is when we played. Um, headless? It's a headless. Yeah. Um, there wasn't any opportunity for original music anywhere in town. Um, you got a three-hour cover set. You know, however many, you know, you're you're good to go. Yeah. Um, you you had certainly had some some options there, but if you've got thirty minutes worth of original material or whatever, you have not you have nothing. And it really wasn't until the Headless Sullivan came along. Yeah. Um, and they were doing some offbeat stuff, most you know, theater. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, hey, you guys interested in maybe doing some music stuff too? And they let us do it. And uh, I believe that was the night everything changed. Yeah. Um, and and, and Auntie, Auntie gets mad at me because when I say that, you know, she, she feels like I'm taking credit for changing the face of Geneva art scene. And. And I, 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 I'm not. <laughs> no. I, I don't. I feel like I was just in the right place at the right time, and. But that's when it all kind of flipped it, around. Just, and it, things what lined happened up. was that that opportunity arose. Yeah. We just kind of walked into it. Like we didn't. I didn't put in any work for this. I mean, we did. Like yeah. we prepared a nice set, sure. and we got other, you know, acts, and we got a a flyer, and you know, we did. We we put the show together which yeah. wasn't a lot of work but you know um you know the space was there yeah. whatever and i think it was just a time where like a whole bunch of people were like what's this electronic right. music show happening downtown in geneva i'll go out to that sure. like i'll go out to that and then all these people came out and looked around and said whoa yeah there's all these people who live in geneva that 
yeah. are into this stuff. Right, like that right. was the night I met Jace Rogers. Yeah, like, yeah. We only barely knew James Emery at the time. Yeah. Like, there was yeah. like so many people that were just like Absolutely. you know, as well as came out. Like yeah. everybody like just kinda came out and like, whoa. Yeah. There's like it was insane. more of us. Um and that was actually also at the point when downtown businesses like, yes. just started blowing up. Yeah. And 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 they were it was businesses owned by, you know, younger younger folks mm-hmm. who were willing to have music like that in their in their businesses. Um and so Yeah, it was the night everyone. Yeah. Absolutely it was. Mm-hmm. Great night. If you want to check out more music from Shrimps, visit them online at shrimpstank.com. Better still, go see them live. Music in the Key of Geneva is a production of the Geneva Historical Society. Carrie Lippincott, Executive Director. John Marks is our Executive Producer. Music in the Key of Geneva is supported by a grant from the New York City Council for the Humanities. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent those of the National Endowment for the Humanities. I'm Kelly Walker. Thanks for listening.